Hello and welcome to the Deep Track Podcast, an exploration of watches, trends, and culture with a few adventures along the way. I'm your host, Blake Bettner. I'm very excited about today's episode. Um, I'm sure I say that a lot, but I really am uh, excited about today's. I've got my good friend Chris Soul uh, on the podcast, and we are going to talk about diving, uh, about scuba diving. Um, Chris is largely responsible for um, for bringing me into the world of scuba diving. Um, he's the one that encouraged me, not only encouraged me to get uh, my open water certification, uh, but also guided me along the way, not just in terms of who to um, seek training from, uh, but also in terms of the kinds of gear that I should uh, pursue and try using. Uh, and it's just been a really incredible experience over the past uh, well, six or seven months uh, since I've become certified, I've, I've uh, had the pleasure of diving uh, with Chris down in Florida around the launch of the Tudor FXD uh, Black, which was actually the the impetus that inspired me to uh, to get my my diver certification in the first place. So um, we are going to talk about uh, all of that using our watches while we're diving, um, diving in general, what it's like getting trained, um, and uh, and what to expect in a few of these realms. So you can find more of Chris Soul over at the Great NATO Slack channel. If you're not a supporter of the Great NATO, uh, I would strongly suggest that you go and do that, which will give you access to the Great NATO Slack. Um, he is a moderator there. One quick note before we get into the episode, the deep track is now on YouTube. Uh, we published our first video review of the new Rolex Daytona, reference 126500. Um, we'll do my best to get uh, videos up and published weekly, so please consider going over to uh, the deep track on YouTube and subscribing, or at least checking out the Daytona review. I hope you enjoy it. All right, without further ado, let's get to this week's episode. All right, Chris Soul, welcome to the Deep Track Podcast. Thanks so much for being here, my friend. I appreciate you making time for me. Buddy, it's uh, an absolute pleasure and an honor to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So um, you are uh, the person responsible for getting me uh, a little bit further into diving. Well, I should say into diving <laughs> at all, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, Chris, maybe introduce yourself. Uh, tell us why that is, uh, and let us know a little bit uh, about who you are. Sure. So uh, I am a guy that really likes watches and diving. That's for sure. I'm a family man. I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville for anybody that lives outside the state. It's a very landlocked place to be such an avid diver, but uh, I think yeah. that makes it all the better. So I uh, got into watches and diving around the same time, definitely, um, you know, through our friends, the Grey NATO. And I've I've been, you know, just really digging this watch scene for a long time alongside diving and um you know one thing leads to another just this community is a wonderful place uh so many so many of our mutual friends um have been great to meet and hang out with especially uh at um you know various events like the the wind-up fair which is where we met last year and mm -hmm. uh, i was blessed to be able to you know coordinate this uh little event we've called wind up in a lake for a couple of years now and uh mm. you were on that boat and we struck up a conversation I, I think it's it's pretty common that if you've known me for more than like 30 minutes i'm gonna say something like hey have you you know tried scuba diving you know trying to convince <laughs> yeah. everybody that i know that this needs to be you know a, a, a scuba renaissance throughout the world um yeah. and i'm very gratified that uh that's something that really stuck with you and um man, uh, the way that you have really jumped in and, and grabbed a hold of the sport is is inspiring to me. Uh, I wish that everybody would come at it with that gusto. 
Oh man, it's been a lot of fun. And I, I tell you, this the setting was. <laughs> So it's not like we were just like chatting in a bar or something talking about sure. diving. We were literally on the boat. So I got to see everybody going down. And this was in uh, Lake Michigan, uh, diving a wreck uh, not too far off the coastline of uh, Chicago there in, in the distance. Uh, beautiful blue water. And, and of course, you know, a boat full of, of, of some longtime friends and some new friends. So this was my first time observing divers like up close and personal in their space. Yes. Um, and and I tell you, there was it, it was like an immediate like oh I wish I was I wish I could go down there and see what they're seeing and experience what they're experiencing. Uh, so there's something really infectious about just being there in in and seeing all this happen and, and take place. Um, so of course you know I'm a pretty curious guy, so I I started asking you I think probably ridiculous question after ridiculous question about it. Great and, questions. Uh, and lo and behold, a few months later, I had my I had my dive cert and. Um, my open water dive certification. And then I was able to, um, to go diving with you in Florida, uh, for the yes. launch of the Tudor FXD, uh, the black one, um, which, uh, which I think we're all pretty fond of. It seems to be a pretty popular watch, uh, especially on the gray NATO Slack. I see it posted there quite often, uh, which you are a moderator of, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So I have the, the utter privilege to help kind of shepherd that community. It was something that I had prodded, especially Jason for many years. Hey, you know, we should really get a Slack man. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to say, you know, but I, I, I can help. I didn't want to presume, but I, I feel very lucky to have been given that opportunity. And it's just such a wonderful place. We call it the yeah. nicest corner on the internet. Um, truly the, 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 those guys set the tone. The culture is always from the top down. Right. And that place really reflects yeah. a, a great place to hang out and have, have some friends. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not supporting um, the Grenado, definitely go do so, and it gives you access. Even if you don't like James and Jason, you hate the podcast, whatever. <laughs> just do it to get access to the to the to the Slack uh, group. It's a great uh, group of uh, of people there. Um, I've gone to to some of the meetups uh, that they have, and there's those meetups all over the place uh, that they have. So, uh, really great group of guys, and you keep us all in line. Uh, so, <laughs> nice job uh, there. Job um, in the world. Yeah, so we'll, we're okay, we're going to talk um, we're going to talk more diving, get into some of this stuff a little deeper. Before we do, it's usually a tradition to do um, a wrist check uh, here. Chris, what are you wearing today? Sure. So uh, at least on my left wrist, I am wearing a uh, Hoyer three thousand Professional. Um, so it's a oh, pre-tag, wow. really cool. Yeah, boxy looking um, thing. It, it, somebody reminded me recently that this was the non-chronograph version of what is being worn uh, in Die Hard. So uh, this is of that era. I guess it okay. puts it around 84 or 85. And okay. um, this watch was one that I saw in the collection of a buddy of mine, Greg Lowry, uh, father of the infamous Ben Lowry. Good good friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah our buddy Ben. Yeah, yeah. Shout so, out to Ben and happy belated birthday, by the way. I think it was yes, birthday the other day. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> So uh, Ben and his dad are just the salt of the earth and uh, Greg lives in Chicago. And so we, you know, got to visit them during the last uh, wind up fair. And I remembered that he had this watch and I, it's just perfect. It's like 37 and a half millimeters. It's quartz, but it's thin as all get out. And it just has loads of personality. I've got that yeah, on a Cincy Strapco, um, stripey NATO, one of the, you know, the, the ribbed kind. Those are great. Yeah. And then on, uh, on my right wrist, I'm a double wrister. Got to, got to ah, have a okay. watch going. So. Okay, that's that's cool. I, I've noticed a few people that do this now, and I'm like, is this you know, is it is it double wristing if 
you know, with the app, with the smart device, which serves kind of like um, um, a different, a slightly different function set, right? I think uh, so. It's got a, a very different tool set, obviously. Yeah, I <laughs> it think It still so. tells the time and all that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, have, so have you been like that for, for a long time? You know, uh, I started right at the beginning of 2020, and it helped so much with general fitness. Being able to incentivize myself with, you know, calories burned means more calories that you can consume up to your budget. There you go. It was a game changer, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I do get a lot of comments about the double wristing. I always try to answer. Um, while both watches tell me the time, you know, this one tells me I'm fat, uh, and this one tells me I'm broke <laughs> because I spent all my money on cool watches. So that's good. Yeah, 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 I like that. I like that. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm wearing. Um, uh, anybody who's been around the community for a while might remember this one. It's a Prometheus Ocean Diver, oh. um, which is uh, I don't know if this brand is still around anymore, but uh, this was you know I, I've had a long time thing. I think uh, 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 you know it, it's a common thing in our community that like there's a certain style or type of dive watch that's kind of pulled us all into yes. this. You know the the SKX 007s and, and that kind of thing, or 013 if you're, if you're that kind of person. Uh, this was one of the dive watches that I was always that kind of a sucker for an internal rotating bezel. Um, you know, with just a yeah, it's, it's not a compressor case, but some people refer to it as that compressor case style because right. it has the two crowns along the right hand side and the top one adjusts the the internal bezel um, there. You know, this this is just from a yeah, you know, just a normal civilian walking around on land. It's fun to use and like look at. Absolutely, I've not tried to to dive in one with the internal rotating bezel. I can't imagine it would be very practical. <laughs> not super much. No, in fact, that was when we were doing wind up in a lake this past year in twenty three. We had the Benris Ultra Deep, which is also another incredible watch. Uh, mm -hmm. that is a super compressor style case and you know, yeah, you got gloves on and the great lakes. It's, it's doable, but not as practical. Yeah, not as practical. Uh, but that's all right. These things are all about the experience and, uh, and that's a watch that has a great experience and story to it. Of course. Um, uh, this one does as well, even though it doesn't have quite as much of the history, uh, there. Um, all right. So, uh, and the other thing while we're on watches, uh, that I kind of wanted to kick off with, um, uh, before I get into like how you got into diving. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you, 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 you've only ever worn a single watch diving or, or you, you always have the same watch on you on, on every dive. And you've got like hundreds of dives, uh, uh, on you. So, so every single one of them, you've had this same singular watch. And that is true. Okay. That is true. Well, that, I'll, I'll accept hundreds of dives. I'm, I'm just shy of 200. So to be fair, okay. um, okay. I, I have That's one. Yeah, you know, it's it's um I I've I've had a wonderful time uh, accruing those, but I still have a lot to learn and a long way to go. I can say that for sure. Um, Always, yeah. But thanks. Um, so my uh, brother um, gave me this second gen uh, Seiko Black Monster. Um, it was a watch that I think you you referred to. You know, the watches that pull us in initially to this hobby. Uh, and the Black Monster always seems to be one of those very polarizing things, uh, especially from that era, that you either love it or you hate it. And a lot of times it's both. You know, you hate it until you absolutely fall <laughs> head over heels. And that's yeah. exactly what happened with this thing. And um, so th this um, sort of – this story dovetails with how I got into diving, and so we can talk about that in a bit. Oh, perfect, but like, yeah. So uh, my family and I would spend the summer in uh, like the southern tip of New Jersey. And, um, you know, only, only in the last, you know, seven, eight years had I been into watches. And so I started paying attention 
to uh, watches that were available in that place because, you know, a sense of place and being connected to that and having an object that represents that, I, th I think that's a beautiful thing. And so mm -hmm. uh, a black monster caught my eye, but I was still really new into the watch scene. I didn't understand how like ADs versus gray dealers versus street price like worked. And so I, you know, tried to lowball them. It didn't work. And I didn't end up with the watch <laughs> basically. And so my brother like comes through huge at Christmas time that year, completely unexpected and gives me the, the black monster. And oh, um, wow. I have, you know, honored that by, you know, that very next year, um, I was getting into open water certification and every single dive I've ever done, uh, whether training, uh, whether in the ocean, in a pool, uh, if I'm breathing through a regulator, I am wearing this watch. And um, oh, wow. it's been really cool to be able to be more than a one watch guy above the water, even though I collect pretty much exclusively dive watches because I think that's like the soul of the object really speaks to me. But yet yeah, every single one of my actual adventures is baked into this one piece and uh, it's, okay. it's very special. So it's like a totem uh, in, in that sense that represents a lot to you. And I, I, I noticed this one when I saw it, uh, the strap on it is really unique um, and interesting. And, and I, whenever I ask you about it, like I don't have like a notebook or anything and I never write it down. So I always like forget, but I love the strap setup that you have on this thing. It so tell, tell me about this thing. We'll, I'll link a, a, a picture or something to this thing. If I can find one, it's, it has like a, uh, an extension, like a spring loaded clasp yep. or something yep. like that. Yep. So uh, credit where it's due again to our buddy, Ben Lowry. Uh, this was his sort of like discovery although he would pass along the credit to navy seal dave hall who he's mm. uh, had a relationship with and has has uh, written about in the past so uh, according to uh, mr hall this is the strap that you know actual legit combat divers would wear back in the day okay and all it is is a very simple piece of velcro um that is attached to this you know, maybe even a little bit over-engineered spring-loaded um, <laughs> clasp thing. But, you know, the simplicity of the Velcro bit going around the uh, extendy part makes for, you know, the easiest and cheapest execution of like the Doxa Expandro concept or the Tudor, um, you know, floating clasp concept. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And it's hyper-practical. Um, mm. It makes for a great in-water uh, watch strap so long as the uh, velcro you know holds up and if it wears out you know no big deal it costs seven bucks from divers direct and we can definitely put a link in the show notes to that or whatever but divers uh, direct now i have uh, it recorded so i can <laughs> i can try and snag a uh, snag one for some for some of my dives i i love velcro straps and i'm, I'm a big proponent of them and uh, you know even even if a, if a brand is selling a you know, nicer high-end watch or whatever. This, this, there's a practical element, and I've seen them executed on high-end watches, and and they still work. I don't know, just really well to me. I like the kind of mix of high-low, but there's something you can't beat the practicality in terms of like micro adjusts of yeah. a Velcro strap. It's uh, very true. And uh, yeah, I know the NATOs are, are certainly practical as well. Um, I've I've gone diving once in a in kind of like just a ratty old NATO and. Uh, um, and it was in a, it was in a seven mil suit and with the, the compression, as I got deeper, I, you know, I looked down and I noticed the thing is kind of just like, yeah. you know, dangling off. And I was like, Oh, I can't, you know, I couldn't like unhook the thing and, and, and retighten it yeah. and all that. And of course it was like an old NATO cause I thought that was cool and it is cool and it looks cool, but it's practically compromised, uh, you know, of course in yeah. this kind of a situation. So, uh, so it was one of those where I just like struggled to, 
you know, secure it in any way I could just so I didn't lose the the watch. And that was the last time that, that came off like immediately, um, you know, uh, of, of that watch. And uh, yeah. I've, I've only, I've, so I've, I've, I've gone diving in a, in a few different watches, but they've all been uh, Tudor Pelagos, Pelagos uh, watches. <laughs> so uh, the 39 and then uh, uh, both of the FXD colorways um, are, are the only ones. And and most of them uh, have been done in uh, in, in the FXD black, uh, you know, and, and it was just kind of, you know, me getting into it for the explicit purpose to go on that trip and, and go diving on the trip, that watch kind of immediately has a really special place uh, to, to me. Um, so maybe, you know, a couple years later down the road, maybe that will still be the only watch that I've ever gone diving in just because of that. Like it resonates yeah. with me for that. And it just happens to be a great watch underwater. It's, it's easy so to make good. like quick adjustments. It's the contrast holds up. In yes. in every setting that I've been in, uh, it's it's just one of those watches that that works, you know, exactly as you want it to uh, and, and as you need it to. Um, and and I, you know, I'm curious to get your take on this as, as someone who's, who has a lot more experience diving. You know, I, I think you hear a lot of people talk about, well, divers don't really wear watches anymore, and and they don't really need them or use them. Do you use? Do you you know? Crank the bezel, you know, before you plop over in, into the water, um, or, or or reference the time, or use it in any way, shape, or form, functionally, when you dive. Uh, you put me on the spot here, but I'll be honest with you, I don't. I just don't. You know, I, okay. I use the watch on the boat uh, to know what time it is. To know, you know, uh, is my wife awake yet, so I can text her and say I love you before I jump in the water. I, I use it yeah. to know roughly. You know the actual time of day because that's how I'm used to using it, and I use my dive mm -hmm. computer for everything else. Would I like to be the guy that spins the bezel before I jump in just so I have a like a, a worst worst case scenario backup? Yeah, I, I think that that is a good idea. It's certainly no argument that it's a bad idea. Um, yeah. But I'm usually so excited to just get underwater that I completely forget about that, and I know my computer yeah. is going to work automatically the way that it needs to work. Um, yeah. That's you know I'll I'll be very clear for any experienced divers in the audience, that's probably not the best mindset to have, you know, like you gotta be prepared. <laughs> Two is one, one is none. Uh, yeah. I recognize that fully, but you know, to be perfectly vulnerable and honest, no, I'm generally not using it. Now I have timed a few state uh, safety stops with it, especially like if my computer doesn't uh, require a safety stop, but I want to take one anyway, I'll just spin the mm -hmm. bezel real quick. And that's nice. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, just like you mentioned about the uh, Pelagos FXD, I mean, that watch's contrast is is like a clinical execution of like perfect visibility legibility it's so good um yeah. the seiko you know for me runs a close second i mean just the the teeth shaped markers and the loom it's it's awesome um so it's yeah. been really fit for purpose but i generally don't employ that purpose underwater myself and now i don't i don't frown on anybody who does though because you know, these objects are romantic things. And I've already talked about baking my experiences into it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I, I will say that there are other times like when we did the FXD dive in Florida that um, I had the FXD on my wrist, but I had my monster in my pocket. Right. Um, so I, I just want to make it's sure still that it's, there. it's with me. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, so, so you still get to experience other watches diving. It's not like that's the only watch that you've, you've had the experience of diving. Every now and then. So. Every now, Every and, now then. and then. If it merits um, it, you know. If it merits it, yeah. That that was a fun trip. Uh, this was, of course, around, as I mentioned, the release of the FXD Black, and uh, and, and Tudor uh, was kind enough um, to have a, a bunch of us out and, uh, and and go dive. Um, 
hovercraft, the Jeff A. Uh, yes. Hovercraft uh, out there, which was which was a really interesting experience. Um, a little bit deeper than I think I was was realizing that it would be, but uh, but it's okay. I feel like there's a lot of like. Um, there's a lot of margin, safety margin built in. Yes. I've come to to, to realize uh, with all the stuff that they talk about in dive when you're learning how to dive, which is of course a good thing. Um, so, th- but this was my first kind of right proper dive off of um, off of my open water certification, and it was a really fun experience um, to me, mostly because all the diving that I had done had been in the New York area, in um, uh, water that is slightly cold and gets really cold under <laughs> under a thermocline. Uh, so this was my first experience really diving in 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 water that I didn't need to have a dive any um, exposure suit on. Uh, you That's know, water, I, I, it's usually yeah. a, a three millimeter or a seven millimeter, and it was like a night and day difference. Uh, my first open water dives were, were in quite cold water up in, in northern um, New York and in, in Lake Minnewaska. And I'll never forget like the feeling what that was like and getting out of that dive and thinking like, what am I doing? What am I doing here? This is crazy. Uh, and then contrasting that with the experience of being in the warmer water. And I, th- I, th- I brought my suit and you guys all looked at me like, you're crazy. You're not going to need that. You know, just put on, uh, uh, you know, put on a rash guard and, and, a, and a pair of shorts and you'll be fine. And, uh, and off I went. And it felt like the difference between like you know, driving a semi truck down the road and driving like a Lamborghini uh, down the road, like how you could move and control is like, it all started to click. And I was like, Oh man, yes. But I'm glad I had the experience of learning how to do all that stuff. Learning what does controlling my buoyancy feel like in a giant seven millimeter suit with a hood on. And uh, uh, so it it all kind of like really fell into place um, diving in warm water. And now like all I want to do is dive in, (laughs) in in warmer water. Uh, yes. Now, I, I know that there are a lot of different types of diving here, and I, uh, you suggested um, to me when I was learning how to dive to look into a NAWI uh, program. And, you know, I thought it might be good for you to maybe explain a little bit, like, what, what that is compared to, like, PADI, and if there's other um, certification bodies, I guess, out there, regulatory bodies. I don't know what you'd call these, <laughs> what you'd call these things. Sure. Yeah. Um, so and before I get into those details, I do want to just generally brag on you and say that you really did it right, man. Like, I, I think that you provided a great model in the way that you described it as, you know, learning behind the wheel of a semi truck. Like you were learning how to parallel park a semi before you went and drove a Lamborghini. <laughs> and I really appreciate that approach because it means that you have to truly pay attention and you have to truly love it to, you know, want to keep progressing. And uh, I think that's awesome. So um, yeah, you're leading me into controversial territory with like Naui versus Patty versus uh, okay. SSI a bit, but that's okay. <laughs> I will gladly provide my you know, sure. humble opinion and perspective, but everybody is biased by default, generally speaking, because of who they originally were certified with, right? You can't really avoid that. Um, mm. So the Louisville Dive Center um, is, um, while I was, you know, learning was primarily a NAWI shop and NAWI stands for the National Association of Underwater Instructors. And uh, it is one of the larger um, certifying agencies worldwide, but there are several of them. You have PADI, which is the largest by a good margin, which stands for Professional Association of Dive Instructors. You have other, um, you know, uh, agencies that are like 
geographically based. So like you might have the British Sabaco Club or you might have, I forget the one, the name of the one in France. Uh, the YMCA will even certify you. They're like, there's a lot of different ways that you can oh, learn wow. and they are all the same core material. Like I want to say that very loud and clear, like the, the basics that you will learn, the basic physics, uh, the basic safety rules, the general redundancy, the content is all the same. And the difference between the certification agencies, while there are there is some nuance that I'll talk about in a bit, it's a very, very distant second to the quality of your instructor. So what I always recommend to somebody who's looking to mm. get into diving is go down to your local dive shop and just start asking questions. Uh, ask a lot of questions. Are they patient with answering those questions? Are they friendly? Are they excited about getting you involved? And can they introduce you to the instructor that would actually be doing your, your, your course? Uh, because that is 99% of it, honestly, mm. how passionate they are, how, um, you know, focused on, on the right principles they are, because at the end of the day, this is still a business. People still need to make money and, and volume matters. And so you're still looking for somebody whose passion shines through in that scenario um, and, is, and is wanting to really guide you along the right way and, and support you in, in a safe um, and, and friendly manner. That's, that's what I would say about that. So I had a great experience yeah. with, with uh, NAWI. Yeah. I do think that there's some nuance in the way that they teach some things. I have, um, you know, a, a buddy of mine, Michael Pandolfo, who um, went through Patty for his nitrox certification, for example, and then he kind of asked us some questions to, to fill in the gaps that he felt that he had. And, you know, my buddy and I who had gone through now, we were able to show him like the textbook of where we got this. And he was like, oh, you know, that was very different for us. And so there are some differences. And and I'm I'm always going to be a fan of now just because that's what I've continued to do. But um, it comes down to your own dedication to it and, and your instructor. Um, and that that's really what's important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a really good experience with, with Naui as well because of the instructors really took it seriously. Um, and I think really cared like how much I was getting into it and, and cared how seriously I was taking it. So they, they held me to a very high standard, uh, which I really appreciated. And, and, uh, you know, you at once feel like you want to enjoy it, but also like take it very seriously. Um, you know, so, so before we would start any dive, we would kind of stand there and look around and like fill out the sheet of like observing our surroundings and, and kind of like planning and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they really kind of instilled a level of respect into me that I try to take into to every single one of my dives now. Um, and, uh, you know, diving with other, uh, other people has, has, there's all kinds of different experiences out there. I guess I could, I should say, say it that way. Very true. And uh, <laughs> uh, so, and, and that's why I think it's it's all the more important that like you take it yourself seriously and understanding like what you're getting yourself into and feeling like you can either manage yourself or know when you're putting yourself in a situation that you don't want to be putting yourself into that's and so being true. able to recognize it before you put yourself into that situation. Right. We've, we've already used the, the analogy of learning to drive. Uh, and the, <laughs> the whole idea of defensive driving, um, applies the same with defensive diving. Like you don't know who's just out here for a joyride and has no idea what they're doing. You don't know who's out here and who's yeah. barely qualified. Um, and you want to make sure that you are taking care of your stuff, but you've also got an eye on what everybody else is doing, because if there is an out of air emergency, you're the next closest regulator that they're going to grab. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to be on edge all the time while you're 
diving. But uh, it's important to recognize that not everybody is approaching this activity at this moment with the same uh, dedication that, that you may be. All right. So I think that's all really good advice. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is uh, there are a lot of different avenues that the divers can go down for things that they want to do. And when I opened up the NAWI, kind of uh, the, e, the e-learning portion of it, you know, there's, there's, there's all these tiles of, you know, that you can, you know, shipwreck dive, ice dive, um, spear fishing, and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, do people need to know, well, this is what I ultimately want to do with it. Maybe it's just like a vacation thing that I do a couple times a year, or maybe it's something that I want to try and do a couple times a month and, uh, and really get into it uh, there. And I know that this has a way of like pulling you in fast in ways that you might not be realizing yes, <laughs> at the onset. Like, but what should people be aware of before they try to like go into this? I mean, I think that it's a great thing for anybody to just go try it. And in fact, you don't even have to commit to a full open water certification. A lot of dive centers will have something called try scuba, where they'll just give you sort of a crash course of like an hour of, hey, don't do this, don't do, don't hold your breath. Uh, here's a regulator. Go, you know, kneel in the shallow end and breathe underwater for the first time, and that can be a life changing experience. So. Strongly recommend everybody to do that. Uh, but once you're, you know, committed to an open water certification, I mean, it it is a wonderfully open-ended thing, just as you've illustrated. It's it's great for anybody who wants to just exclusively dive in the Caribbean on this, you know, trip that they're taking to Turks and Caicos and and that's all they're interested in. Or if they want to explore shipwrecks off the coast of New Jersey uh, and dive a U-boat off the coast of North Carolina or go explore, you know, uh, undiscovered shipwrecks in the Great Lakes. I mean, uh, that's very shipwreck oriented. You can do a lot more than shipwrecks, but, you know, obviously that's that's (laughs) one of the things that drives me. It's so open-ended as to what you can do and what you can study and how you can grow. That's one of the things that I love most about this sport is like it is a it is a quest for proficiency and learning that um, is so like disconnected from normal life these are skills that for the most part um, practical application wise you know you're never going to use in another way now certainly it can apply to everyday life in terms of the ability to be calm the ability to think ahead through any situation uh, the ability to be really aware of your surroundings yeah. and aware of other people and, and helping them but um, you know just just the learning itself has been so fulfilling to me in this and i would you know dare say it's been the same for you the way that i've seen you really grab a hold of this and run with it and so um yeah. i i always recommend that at least if you if you did open water and you liked it um there is so much more there that you don't want to cut yourself short I, I i really recommend that everybody checks out nitrox which effectively allows you to um, have a longer bottom time and or a bigger margin of safety um, while you're while you're under mm-hmm. the water um, and also advanced um, open water certification which really dials in some of the skills that you only learned how to crawl in open water you're going to learn how to walk really effectively with advanced open water and you can go deeper you can dive at night when all the really cool critters come mm-hmm. out um, you can, you know, <laughs> orient yourself better. You can use different tools. Advanced open water to me is, is really where it's at. It's really where you come into your own as a diver and start to understand the different things that you can do and, and kind of how you want to grow. So, um, uh, I always recommend. Yeah, that's, that's, it's interesting. And I think it's, it's important to note too, that there's a difference between just scuba and open water and advanced and like there's, there, there are all these kind of variations and, uh, you know, I think there's, there's maybe a conception that, 
you know, oh, you can just do this in like a quick weekend on your honeymoon and, and, and kind of get the basics down. Yeah. You know, which is maybe true to, to some level. Um, <laughs> but there's so much more, more than uh, than that. Yeah. Um, especially, as you mentioned, like diving to, to any kind of depth and staying down there yes. long enough and being, I mean, these are, you know, this is a whole life support system. It is. And oftentimes like other people around you are reliant on you as you are on them. So, yeah, you really have to kind of have that understanding of, and it's 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 as a as much of a mind game I feel like as anything else. Yeah. And you know, as you mentioned, it really kind of hones in on how you're able to kind of remain calm and think through things without kind of freaking out. You know, because when you're you know 40, 50, 60, 80 feet underwater, you can't just like pop up and 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 bail. Um, you know, like you like there's a there's there, there are more things that you kind of really have to be thinking about and processing in a calm manner. Otherwise, things can go south like very. Very quickly. That's very true. And you brought you bring up an important thing. topic that I forgot to mention, which is that a lot of times people do try to knock it out in a weekend at a resort in the Caribbean. And that can oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes end up in having such a bad experience that you never want to do it again. I have a buddy of mine who uh, did this and you know, mm. you hear it pretty commonly as a diver. Oh, I tried that once. It wasn't for me. Oh, well, what happened? You know, we went down to this resort and they gave us rental equipment that was kind of janky and they didn't teach us how to use it. And so we were really stressed out and they loaded us down with a bunch of lead weight and told us not to hold our breath and threw us into the water. And I plummeted to the bottom of the ocean oh, floor and cut my chest on some coral. And that was it, man. Like, I was like, well, yeah, I can see why you never yeah. would want to do that again. So uh, definitely. Ears pounding. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go to a local <laughs> reputable dive center to start your learning journey. Don't wait until you're already on vacation. That's a, that's a big tip that I can offer. Yeah. I think that's a, uh, that's a huge, it's something that you obviously you have to respect and, and, and honestly, like you don't really know how your body's going to react and how you're going to react to the changes happening to your body yeah. as you do, as you, as you experience the pressures, um, that are, that are starting to be put on your body. Um, you know, right up, I mean, 15, 20 feet, you'd be surprised that it's, it starts to, oh, I can, I can feel this. And then, you know, you slow things down and try to equalize and, and all that. So it's like, it's rough. And, and I feel like that's, that's the kind of thing that you have to like, really, it's hard to teach, right? Like you just have to experience it and feel it and like trust the process. Um, and uh, that equalizing, I think is, is a big thing. And I've, I've experienced like where, um, depending on the visibility of the water, where I get like a, vertigo yeah. bouts where I, you know, it's, if there's, there's not much visibility, you kind of get this, like where your head is spinning really a little do. bit. And, uh, but knowing that you can kind of just keep your, your body like, okay, well you, your, your instincts kind of kick in and you can't freak out yeah. uh, about it. You kind of like let it work its course or you, you know, you know, go ascend just a little tiny bit or, or whatever it is that you need to do. Like that kind of stuff just kicks in as second nature. Yeah. Um, but there, 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 it can be a jarring experience, I feel like. It can be. You know, the only people. thing that you have to fear underwater is fear itself. You know, not sharks. It's probably the most common question that I get asked is, do you ever see sharks? It's like, yeah, sometimes. They're kind of skittish, honestly. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> sure. what really threatens a diver underwater is panic. So being prepared, you know, learning what you're going to do, um, planning your dive and diving your plan. That's the mantra of every diver. Um, you know, and having contingencies yeah. for when that plan doesn't go exactly like you thought it would, because it never does. 
just having, you know, that yeah. mental preparation and mental fortitude to be able to handle whatever comes at you. That's, that's one of the reasons this discipline is so attractive to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I t- there's another reason I think where it's, it's attractive to, to, to people like you, you and me, you know, we like to tinker, we like gear. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of really cool gear oh, uh, baby. In, in doing this as well. And that's of course like another big part of it. Um, is kind of learning all, all of your gear like uh, like the back of your hand, uh, really. Because if, if you if you if you're if you're trying to kind of dive your your plan and you're stressing about where all your stuff is clipped in or dangling off or, or whatever it is, uh, you know, then then you're going to have a bad time pretty quickly. But how important is it to? I guess not how important, but you know, you mentioned like you you can get into where you, you're renting all these different things and and all the setups could be different maybe every single time, and then you realize like oh. Maybe I like this setup much better, and it's like a totally different experience. Um, so when I, my first few couple of dives were in uh, the vest uh, uh, style, then you recommended the the backplate and wing, and then once I made that switch, it was like uh, again another one of those kind of like night and day differences of where I felt like I had a lot more control over what I was doing with myself, uh, and kind of setting up my kit or my system exactly how. I wanted it set up. Um, so uh, how, how many different like options are there for, uh, for, for people looking to get into this? And it's not like you have to buy your own gear, but at least having a familiarity with what you work best with, I think is an important thing, right? Yeah. Like anything, once you, once you reach a certain level of commitment, you're going to want your own kit anyway, but it's an extra good idea um, to just like you said, be familiar enough with your own kit um, that you do know it with your eyes closed so that you can handle anything that comes your way in a zero visibility situation so that you can reach any of your tools that um, might be stowed on your body without having to like search for them or pat yourself down. You know, if you're entangled in a, in some fishing line that you can't see because it's behind you and you're starting to feel that, you know, panic welling within you and you need to tap that down while also calmly reaching for the knife or the shears that you know exactly where they are to go take care of that problem calmly. Um, so having your own kit that you have you know, strongly familiarized yourself with is definitely the ultimate goal, but you have to get there. You have to be able to try different things. Um, you know, as a new open water diver, you're most likely going to start out diving in a jacket style BC, uh, which sort of wraps all the way around you and inflates like a life vest. Um, so it gives you this nice upright position in the water that feels very good to those of us who spend most of our time upright, but underwater, it's much more efficient to be in a horizontal trim position, right? And so the backplate and wing that you mentioned is something that can really help out with that. And it's also a really modular system. And so a lot of divers um, that accrue a lot of experience end up moving in that direction. And that's always something that I recommend starting with sooner rather than later, because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the data has sort of proven out in the long run that it has specific advantages um, that are really worthwhile. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that it's not okay to dive in, uh, you know, a jacket style BC or, or whatever configuration you want. One of my favorite phrases about diving is that there's no scuba police, right? Like this is not a heavily regulated activity where somebody's going to come in and tell you, hey, you can't do that that way. It's an incredibly open-ended and freeing pursuit where whatever you want to bring to bear to make this happen, as long as you're meeting the bare minimum, like I've, I've dived with, you know, an old timer who is diving on tables, you know, he's planning his dive on, on dive tables beforehand and that's what he's going to execute. And there's no one there to say like, Hey, you can't do this. It is, it is very, 
um, it's a self-sufficient activity. Now you shouldn't be diving with a buddy unless you're solo certified, right? But um, beyond that, you are very much responsible for your own safety, your own plan, and your, and your own execution of the dive. And of course, there's you know with a reputable op, re, with a reputable operation, there's also going to be dive masters there in the water to help out with that too. But yeah, um, you know knowing knowing your gear and having something that you can definitely rely upon and you know the history of it's life support equipment man from from your dive computer to your regulator uh, especially those two pieces while they are arguably the most expensive they are definitely the most important for your safety so you know it's like uh my dad used to say yeah. with a motorcycle yeah. helmet oh uh you know that's that's a great hundred dollar motorcycle helmet do you have a hundred dollar head it's like no you know my my head is worth a little bit more <laughs> to me than that so yeah. um definitely recommend investing yeah. in what you can i love it so what is um what are you working on right now? I know we mentioned that there you can go kind of as you know, no pun intended, as, as deep as you want here in in this with the kinds of um, like in depth and technical certifications that you can get. Um, so I know that uh, that you have uh, quite a few of these under your belt. Is there anything you're working on right now or working towards, uh, or any kind of certifications that you're working towards? Yeah, definitely. Um, not not actively at the moment, but I'm always you know trying to find out what the next thing is, right? Um, so the most recent thing that I did with oh, my sure. uh, good dive buddy Tim Edlin. He is the other half of my dive team and has been that way for several years. Shout out to Tim. Uh, we recently did intro to tech through uh, the Louisville Dive Center, and um, that was something that was new for the shop. So our instructor kind of piloted this course with us and took us through it. So this was done through not NAWI, but uh, TDI, so uh, Technical Diving International. And that's a whole, it's almost like starting over, you know, because of the principles that they teach you in open water, uh, the fundamentals apply, but um, the safety buffers that you referred to earlier are different. Like we're coming at it from a very raw mathematical, yeah. like, physics-based perspective because we're not here to just acknowledge the guardrails and have a great time and sort of just go down when we go down and come up when we run out of air. Instead, the goal of technical diving is to plan every last detail of the dive. How long are you, or how deep are you going to go? What are you going to do when you're there? How long are you going to be at that depth? Are you going to change depth? How long are you going to be at that depth? When are you going to come up? And what are your contingencies for every step along that way? Um, and also, mm. you're within technical diving, if you're planning to that detailed level, you can uh, do what are called decompression dives, where you're staying down long enough that you can't just come right back up in an emergency. Uh, you, you may have heard of getting the bends um, or decompression sickness. Um, that is, I, you know, without, without going too in-depth, it's basically like, when, when you have a soda bottle on the counter and you crack that cap, the change in pressure causes it to go and you can see the bubbles get bigger and form and rise to the surface. Well, if you come up from diving too quickly um, after you've been down a certain amount of time, that's what happens to your blood and that's real bad for you and that's not what you want. So uh, you want to avoid DCS um, with thorough planning, but DCS is generally confined outside of what you're allowed to do as a recreational diver. But once you start to enter the realm of technical diving, you can address that risk directly and mitigate it through planning and execution of your dive. So intro to tech basically just establishes all the stuff that I just talked about there and, and prepares you for the next step that I'm wanting to take 
which is called uh, ANDP, which stands for Advanced Nitrox and Decompression Procedures, which basically allows you to become like a full-fledged mm -hmm. technical diver, um, conduct decompression dives, which I can't yet do. Um, and I think it establishes a new floor of 150 feet that you can safely dive to within your training, um, which is currently for recreational okay. diving, which I'm still at, is 130 feet. So. Yeah, that's 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 what's next for us. It's it's daunting, feet. but um, it's a great challenge, you know. You mentioned you're a family man. How does your family feel about all this? <laughs> that's a really great question. I appreciate that. <laughs> I I love my wife so much for what she puts up with, and um, also Tim's wife is incredible, and we get to go on a lot of adventures together. I would say the fact that we have each other to rely on, um, as you know, good friends who trust one another very well. Um, means a lot to them. And so uh, the fact that we take it as seriously as we do, and we really go all in on the study, uh, and we keep each other sharp that way, iron sharpens iron, uh, as it is said, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that makes all the difference. And if I was doing this solo, it'd be a much different um, reception. Um, but like anything in yeah. life, you know, yeah. there's risk in everything. It's all a matter of how you approach it and what you're doing to mitigate it. There's, there's risk to sitting on the couch, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, you, you talk about some of these things and, you know, I, it, the more you learn, the more you realize that there's this like gulf of things that, uh, that start to open up to you, right. Uh, the things that you, you don't know that you don't know, and then you start to get a glimpse of all the things that you don't know yeah. <laughs> about this, and it becomes this whole world of uh, of, of really just incredible, um, uh, I guess, people uh, and and things that you can kind of like put yourself through and learn. Um, uh, that uh, you know, I, not just for like the personal gratification or anything, but there's but there's something more to it, and I think there's uh, there's something very you know, immensely satisfying uh, about achieving some of these things and showing yourself that you can do it. Even go even at the just open water level, an advanced open water, and in, in, in every step of the way, it's it's like a wow! I can't believe I just did that. Or you look back on on some of the things that happened and the experiences that you open yourself up to um, are, are just incredible. So, is there is there is there any like specific types of dives that you're looking for that you're like training toward mm -hmm. doing? Like, oh, I know there's some great wrecks at like these kinds of depths, but I know I need like X amount of training to do this to go and really fully experience it right yes definitely um one of the like niches of diving that really calls to me strongly is um jersey wreck diving and i say jersey wreck diving because it's it's really its own community um it is its own sphere within the broader world of diving um if you've never read shadow divers that is my favorite book and i strongly recommend it uh, I was born in Jersey. I lived there until I was about nine years old in 94, but then we still continued to go back there every summer. And so it's a big part of, of who I am, just that part of the world. Um, and I always grew up wondering on the beach, what is out there? What is beneath that cold blue-gray water? Um, I just want to go see it one day. And that's part of how I, you know, got into it. And my very first dive out of certification, like yours was in Florida, which was amazing. Uh, I, I was very lucky to be able to make that happen uh, right off the coast of Atlantic City, even though I was still in Kentucky at the time. So um, hmm. to me, the the way that um, Jersey rec culture is, is, is sort of a 
it's a relic, you know, not a lot of dive cultures still think about things the way they do. And um, there's even more of a focus on uh, focus on self-sufficiency. Um, you know, a lot of times they view your dive buddy as the most dangerous thing underwater. Uh, they make everybody dive with a pony bottle, for example. <laughs> I mean, everybody it's, it's incredible. Oh, sure. Um, really? So yeah, I, I'm trying to train more for, uh, technical diving capability that will allow me to accompany, um, you know, one of my favorite shops, Atlantic Divers out of Cape May on some of the more advanced stuff that they do. But um, yeah, it, it's it's an incredibly deep, again, no pun intended, um, you know, scene to, to get in on. And, <laughs> and it's something that I'd really like to grow into more and, and yeah. get more training from. It, you know, if I could get... Um, training from Gene and Atlantic divers, that, that would be a, a real bucket list item there. That guy has dived with Chatterton and Kohler and um, Gary Gentile and, um, you know, all, all kinds of heroes of that era. Uh, it's, it's very, very cool stuff to me. Well, that's, that's just incredible. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's uh, there's so much more to pull you in. And I feel like the community is a big part of that. And it feels like the community around um, scuba diving in particular is, uh, is really thriving and growing. I, I joined the scuba subreddit and all the people that, that I see posting there and their dive experiences and asking for advice. And um, it's just, it's, it's very active. And then of course, um, you know, knowing some of the people that have, that have really had the privilege of getting to know, um, you know, alongside yourself is, uh, it's really just kind of cemented the, uh, oh, this is a place that I really like, feel good about being in. These are really good people. And uh, you know, maybe I don't know how far I'll end up pushing my, myself in that realm, but at least like, being able to go and experience some of these things with you guys is, uh, um, has really just been an, an, an honor. Uh, and it, it, as it has been to, to chat with you today, Chris, so I, I really appreciate your time. Um, where can people go find uh, more of you? Are you on, are you on social media or, or should people just come and join the, the TGN Slack? Oh yeah. Great question. Uh, and thanks so much for having me, Blake. Um, I, you know, I'm not on Instagram as much as I uh, used to be, but you can find me at soul, just my last name, S O H L. Feel free to hit me up there. Uh, I, social media was never the same for me after watching the social dilemma, to be honest with you. Like I'm trying to <laughs> redeem the time that I've given up to all of the social media platforms into something real, yeah. which is real relationships, which is why I feel uh, so honored by, you know, the connection that we've been able to make and, and with others in this community. It's, it's been incredibly fulfilling for, for me to, to move in that direction. But yes, I, I definitely recommend that everybody jump on the gray NATO Slack community. It is the best little corner of the internet and we would love to have you. The amount of diversity of knowledge and skills and, um, amazing watches that are on that platform yep. are just so great. Yep. So come on in everybody. The water yep. is fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Chris, thanks again for being here. It's been a huge pleasure uh, to, to chat diving. We'll have to do it again sometime and, uh, to. or maybe talk about some of the upcoming dives that we have planned. Uh, uh, or, or recap some of the fun dives that, that, that we've had and talk about some of our experiences a little bit more. Um, so uh, I appreciate uh, you tuning into this episode. Um, the, Deep Track is now on YouTube, by the way, as of this week. So you can go check us out over on YouTube. I'll leave a link to that down below. Um, hopefully, we'll, we'll soon have some uh, some dive videos there. I think there's an ice diving 
convention or meetup in Minneapolis that's happening uh, relatively soon. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if we can swing up there and uh, at least cover it. I don't know if we'll be in um, in the kind of shape to, to get my ice you got this, diving Blake, certification. You got this. Uh, all right, that's our show for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, take care. <laughs>